can't see us. I just muted uh, quickly. This is the Final Round Podcast, coming to you live from the FingerLakes1.com studios in downtown Seneca Falls, New York. And now your host, Chris Marquardt. Good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to this edition of the Final Round Drag Racing Podcast. Excited to have you along for the ride with us this evening, episode 80-something tonight. I uh, navigated away from that page and forgot to pay attention to the episode number. How professional is that it has been a challenge getting everything up on its feet here this evening. But nonetheless, here we are and excited to have everybody here. We're going to be catching up with uh, Nick Pluniak and talking a little with, with, with Maddie as well, talking a little bit about um, where things are at since since the crash, trying to get a new car, and also the, uh, the immortalization, if you will, of the Dirty 30. The one and only... Jason Oldfield joining us from the home studio and going to be there for a couple days, uh, mostly because um, the town of Chile won't let you leave until you get the RV taken care of. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah I will say uh, the RV is another adventure that we have, and uh, it's going to be interesting to get uh, Nick and Maddie uh, on as well here, just because... Uh, uh, if anybody follows them, uh, they'll see that uh, it sounds like they have, you know, some of the typical issues that us racers will have with neighbors not understanding trailers and motorhomes and everything else being parked in our driveways. And uh, yeah, so my neighbor, uh, my neighbor, for whatever reason, uh, decided that uh, they didn't like having my RV uh, set up in the in the driveway anymore. So uh, time for it to go, I guess. Uh, <laughs> Uh, that's the way it goes. Uh, unfortunately, I'd love to say that I could keep it there, but yeah, at the end of the day, it's uh, just too long as far as town ordinances go. And I could move; that would solve the problem. But uh, I'm not looking forward to uh, really doing that anytime in the near future, especially since I just put the uh, I don't know $8,500 deposit down, having the house cited, and I'm guessing they wouldn't uh, refund that if I said uh, I'm uh, decided to move. So. Here we are. We'll find a we'll find a storage place for the motorhome if I have to. <laughs> um, what else has been going on? Where are we at with the Corvette? So Corvette is actually at uh, Randy Jewel's shop right now. We dropped it off there last week. Yeah, last week Thursday. So Phil and I dropped it off last week Thursday, and uh, Sud Header is being built for it. Uh, he's going to finally mount my fire bottle in the car. All the lines are done, but I just didn't have a, a cable assembly that was uh, was ready for it. So he's going to get a custom-made cable assembly for me. And uh, then I think with the headers, we're going to put a set of uh, – we're going to put a vacuum pump on the car as well. Um, so that uh, should be some nice little projects. But while it was there, I'm like, hey, you know what? Why don't we take a look and see what uh, – it would cost to do tubular arms and uh, put a rack and pinion on this thing. It would uh, lighten the car up a lot and hopefully make it handle a little bit better. So, um, so he's looking into that. We'll see. Uh, TRZ Motorsports, not that they're not a sponsor or anything of the show, but I will say that they have a lot of equipment for uh, for vet suspension, so kind of bolt and stuff. I really don't want to cut the front end off of the car. It's, it's hard to justify doing that to original 63 i realize it's a race car and it, it'll probably never be anything but a race car but in the end 
I still have a hard time uh, doing that. Uh, and, uh, you know, we're, we're, we have the wrong guests on tonight, honestly, to be, for me to be saying this. Because, because as we speak, uh, Nick is uh, cutting up uh, an original, I think it's a Dodge, 30 Dodge truck. But, uh, um, yeah, at the end of the day, we're going to see if we can get some components and uh, switch the Corvette over to a little bit more modern suspension. So it's, uh, it's progressing. We'll, uh, we'll see. Hopefully next show we'll have a little bit of maybe some progress photos or something. That'd be just fine. Uh, you made reference to what Nick's been up to, getting ready to carve up that Dodge, and, and what, a, what a path he had just to get that. I remember seeing the post about the, uh, the twin Bonnie and Clyde rides there, and that didn't exactly come together quite the way that he wanted it to. Nick, uh, hanging out in the background, uh, tell us a little bit about where things are at with, with your builds and, and, and how the season has progressed. Well, uh, we were really, really, really optimistic at the start of the season. Um, we, had, uh, we had a lot of cool things going on. We had some really big things planned. Um, we had some uh, really cool exhibition deals planned out for the season, and uh, the whole uh, coronavirus thing hit New York pretty bad, so we went down to uh, uh, a couple of our big plans got canceled. A couple of the big events got canceled, so we went down to a race in uh, southern Ohio, and uh, things just didn't go as planned, I guess you could say, and uh, we ended up in a very unfortunate accident with the 30, and uh, we lost that car, but uh, that car... We only had eight passes on it this year, and we uh, I cut apart the whole rear rear half of the car over winter. Um, we got a two-speed 400 in the car to change the gear ratios and stuff like that to uh, be a little more, uh, calm the thing down a little bit. It made quite a bit of power, and it was still a 1930 factory frame car. And, uh, I mean, we went a 516 at 146 on that thing, which was, you know, running pretty good um, on a small tire. And, you know, it's uh, it wasn't overly heavy, but it wasn't overly light. light. It weighed about 3,600 pounds. But, uh it ran pretty good. We drove that thing on the street, and we did a lot of cool stuff with it. But uh, after that accident, uh, I was out of commission for a little bit. Um, most of you all know. Um, I mean, a lot of people saw the video. It's not uh, posted right now. But uh, the car uh, ended up burning pretty bad, and I got burnt up pretty good because uh, uh, I couldn't find my gloves when I got back in the car. I had them on originally, and then uh, the race got held off for a short period of time. So I got out of the car, and when I got back in the car um, – I was getting suited up and got all strapped in and I couldn't find my gloves. And turns out we found those gloves, um, in the fire undamaged, but, uh, I can't say my hands came out of the fire undamaged. So, uh, that's on me. I elected to make the pass without uh, my safety gear on, but, uh, I'm pretty happy that, uh, all the safety gear I did have on, um, it saved me. That could have, that could have been a bad one. Um, it was a, it was a pretty bad, uh, pretty violent accident, but yeah. Um, moving forward from that, I guess, uh, we, uh, uh, what was it a week after that i think yeah i think it was a week after we had like a friend of a friend of a friend that ended up telling us about the the but, car that we ended up picking up the dodge well i'm talking about right before that oh just about like literally i think a week like probably about seven days after the accident we found uh we found two uh 1938 chevy trucks out in arkansas and uh I was like, Matty, we're going to scrape up, scrape up every last penny we could get, and we're going to go pick up these trucks. They were uh, two trucks for 4800 bucks, two twins, 1938 Chevy trucks. And we were going to do uh, – one was going to be Bonnie and one was going to be Clyde. One was going to be Clyde. And uh, I was going to take uh, anything salvageable out of the uh, out of the 30 and put it in one truck, and we were going to do a LS um, deal. Maddie has an LS motor that we were going to put in her Firebird, and we were going to drop that into another truck, the Bonnie truck, 
and keep that as like a kind of like a true street um thousand horsepower or so really fun driver for her and uh that deal that deal just went um that deal fell through for a lack of better words we were pretty upset about that because we offered uh we offered to pay asking price and we said we'd be there down there tomorrow but so it, i guess it, it was a little bit of a rough season to the early uh, 2020 but then uh we went out to uh we made a trip to um north dakota to pick up the new car and uh we met a guy through a friend and uh normally he gets a um, small commission as most of you all know uh these old vehicles are hard to find um especially at a reasonable price and uh he normally takes a commission on it and uh les hellner i think his name was from out in like north dakota or something like that south dakota area he had a lead on this vehicle and uh he's like he he heard about our story and stuff like that and uh He's like, this thing's pretty rough. He's like, you know what? He's like, I'm not even going to take commission on it. If you can make a deal on it, go get yourself the car and, uh, you know, just uh, keep me updated with the progress. So that was really cool. And uh, so we went out there and we met this, uh, the guy who had the car was named uh, Steve. And uh, he had a small business out there and we actually camped. We took the the school bus that we're converting over to a motorhome and uh, our 36 foot trailer. And we headed uh, something like 1500 miles west to pick up the uh, 33 Dodge. And uh, we pulled it out of his barn, and uh, it was a uh, – don't get me wrong, it's a lot of work. So people that follow the page or uh, follow the uh, YouTube channel, the Hustling Horsepower channel, um, it's quite a bit of work that we got our hands into. But we're making pretty good progress on it, and it's uh, it's been a really uh, – it's a really cool journey. And uh, don't get me wrong, so there's a couple of people that are upset that we're cutting this car up and doing what we're doing to it. But uh, trust me, we're, we're not cleaning up no uh, – we're not cutting up no virgin uh, – 33 Dodge. This thing's this thing's rough in areas, and uh, a lot of people think we're crazy for just taking it on. But I didn't want to sacrifice a, a really nice car for the plans we had for it. And uh, it wasn't our first uh, our first uh, pick on a car, but it has a lot of cool features that we're gonna that we talk about in our videos and stuff like that. About you know the front, the way the front end's shaped, and the way the the front uh, frame is shaped, and uh, the height of the front fenders. And there's a lot of attributes to that old car. That are going to make it uh, uh, help us to reach our goals. You know, we're going to be going uh, at least uh, mid sevens in the quarter, and it should go. Uh, it should go probably 190 plus, depending on uh, how big I want to let them hang. Uh, the 31, 185, and those front fenders up at that speed, uh, they caught a lot of air. So this 33, um, that three-year span right there, they really changed the front ends of uh, most of the early cars there, and. Uh, from 30 to 33, they really dropped the front ends down about a foot lower. So uh, it should help keep a lot of the air out from underneath the front end. But, yeah, so we're in the process of building that thing. Me and Maddie are working our butts off, and it's, uh, it's going to be a pretty cool journey. So let's, let's... – if anybody, if anybody should be mad at you, uh, I guess, about cutting up a car, I mean, really, they, I think, would, from what I recall, and you can correct me if I'm wrong – would have to be more mad at you about cutting up the 30 originally than the 33, right? Because the 30 had the old original wooden wheels on it still. I mean, when mm-hmm. you when you bought that, I mean, the 33 is pretty much just was just a shell, right? Yeah, the, it was just a shell, and uh, just a shell and a frame. There was uh, there was no axles under or nothing like that. The 30, that was a complete car that I pulled out of the barn, and uh, I made sure. Don't get me wrong, I did a whole 25-3 chassis and everything into that car. But up until the point of the fire, um, if someone really wanted to, they could have come put that car completely back to stock. If you wanted to cut the chassis or cut the 
cut the roll cage out of it and, you know, I boxed the frame and stuff like that. But um, up until the point of the accident, there was it had the 100% factory frame in it besides a small frame notch to fit a 29.5105 rear tire on it. And uh, besides that, it was all factory, all the door panels, or not door panels, but all the factory doors were 100% intact. They had all six windows rolled up and down. Um, it was a complete, complete 1930 Plymouth uh, car, factory floor. Um, besides the, you know, the holes I had to cut into it for the, uh, for the, uh, you know, 650 certified roll cage that I did for it. But, uh, yeah, it was a, it was a complete factory car. Was given that the dirty 30 was a Dodge, were you kind of, or excuse me, was a Plymouth, were you leaning towards trying to find another, well, it wasn't even a Mopar then at that point, really. I don't think. I think Plymouth still stood by itself because you already knew what you had to do to the frame. Was there enough commonality between those where you sort of had an idea what to do, or are they completely different animals at that point? They're uh, they're pretty similar. Um, the main reason why I wanted to do a Dodge is uh, um, we were invited to uh, Roadkill uh, Roadkill Nights on uh, Woodward Avenue back uh, two years ago. And we went out there with the 30, and uh, we scraped up every last penny we had because I felt we had a we, – we just got back from uh, filming with uh, Street Outlaws Memphis, mm-hmm. and uh, we had a car that was really working well <laughs> on uh, on the street surface. And, uh, of course, both those surfaces were uh, sanctioned surfaces. Um, Woodward Avenue is Woodward Avenue. It's a you know public street and everything like that. And the street that we raced on in uh, down in Memphis for Street Outlaws was a public street, but it's all sanctioned off, and there's uh, – you know, there's safety crews and everything there. So it's sure. – a that's a hundred percent kosher. But, uh, when we got back from Memphis, um, I was quite confident, uh, we had a hot rod that we could, uh, take there and we could run very well. And, uh, normally we ran on small tires, but I tossed the twin, our, uh, Hoosier quick time pros on it. That was like equivalent to a 29.5, And, uh, we went out there and, uh, unfortunately we had a little bit of an issue. Uh, we cut the tire on the railroad tracks, pulling up into the staging lanes of Woodward Avenue. Um, it's in Detroit and, uh, Detroit roads are pretty bad. And we try to figure out a way that we could find ourselves a tire, but we try to pay a Uber guy, um, a couple hundred dollars to bring it. But, you know, it was we're like three hours away, I think to get yeah. just one tire. Yeah. And it was three hours away to get that tire. And like, we were trying everything we could. And, uh, that was a story. We're going to talk about that one too on our, on our page. Cause we could go on about hours about that day, <laughs> but we ended up finding a good buddy of ours. Um, first pass, it made it on uh, Roadkill's uh, on the TV show on Discovery and stuff like that. The first pass we made, we were racing some Charger or something like that, and uh, we tossed a set of radials on it. I had beadlocks on the car, so I just swapped tires real quick, and uh, I tried to make the try to put the same tune-up in it that I was going to put on the 29s, um, because we were registered for, for, registered for big tire. I tried to put that same tune-up down there, and it smoked the tires and put down a. Made a pretty cool opening for the whole Roadkill uh, Roadkill Nights TV show, but uh, that wasn't the plan. So we ended up getting a, a set of tubes, and uh, we only had one valve stem, so we had to make a pass with a valve stem in one tire and not in the other tire. And it was it was a big. We only had a tube in one tire there, and we missed uh, we missed qualifying by two thousandths of a second wow. on our third qualifier, and two hundredths of a second or three hundredths of a second on our second qualifier, and. Uh, so I want redemption there. So that's that's the main reason why I went out and got a Dodge. Um, the Plymouth and the Dodge have uh, very similar frames and stuff like that. But um, if uh, Roadkill Nights opens up, uh, sponsored by Dodge, um, I have full intention of going out there and trying to take that title of fastest Dodge on the property. 
So, uh, yeah, that's the real reason out there. We haven't talked to anyone about that, but that's just some personal, uh, personal, uh, I don't know, revenge that I want to get after, get that monkey off of our back. It was just a complete uh, unfortunate circumstance that uh, we're rolling into the beams to make our first bet or just to uh, get in the staging lanes and uh, split the tire right on the side of the road because uh, the roads down in Detroit are such uh, such garbage roads and the railroad tracks were cut and I put a big hole in the side of my tire. And we weren't the only one that got a hole in our yeah. tire that there's, day. There's three cars. There's yeah. three cars that day that got their tires sliced open on that railroad track. Wow. And uh, that was a pretty unfortunate Thanks. circumstance. We tried the we tried everything we could to try to figure out a ro- uh, a tire, but uh, we just couldn't pull it off. So, as a, it is what it is. As a quick final note on the Dirty Thirty before we move forward on everything, you, you said that you had lost that car. Where is that car now? It's uh. It's sitting in my trailer. It is. It's a. Uh, I mean, it. It. Uh, I. I'll talk about it. It burnt solid for a solid fifteen minutes. Um, I right. sold my uh, daily driver, my uh, my dually the week before that accident, and uh, so me and Maddie had a little bit of a, uh, little bit of money. So we we're like, you know what? We're gonna take this trip and we're gonna go out to this race. And it was gonna be like it was supposed to be ten or twelve thousand dollars to win. So it's like, you know what? We're gonna take a thousand dollars and we're gonna go out here. And we're gonna we're gonna see what we could do. I feel like we have a car that's really gonna work. And uh, we pulled it out, um, pulled it out of the garage, and uh, this was the first week of May. It was raining back home and stuff like that yeah. over in Western York, and uh, we pulled it out of the, right off the lift into the trailer. And uh, first test, first test hit, um, right on in my buddy's driveway. We won a 138, 60 foot, and on the third test hit, right on right on the street there, it won a 132, 60 foot, and uh, on a 28, 10, 5. And I was like, you know what, we got a hot rod here, so. Uh, <laughs> I was like, you know, I'm feeling pretty good about this. So, uh, I mean, I was pretty happy with that. You know, I literally cut that car, you know, the whole back half of the car was cut apart. Uh, different uh, transmission ratios, different front suspension, different rear suspension. And uh, third hit right on the street, we went a 132, 60 foot. And so, uh, uh, people that don't understand that, 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 that's getting pretty good. So, I was pretty excited for that. And uh, I thought we had a, we really had a hot rod that uh, was able to compete. But, hey, racing's racing. Sometimes, uh, sometimes, uh, I don't know. It doesn't always go your way. That's, uh, Obviously, you know, the auxiliary equipment, Nick, you know, all the, you know, let's call it fuel lines, electrical, all the rest of that stuff. I mean, obviously, it was uh, just junk. I mean, the the car itself, I mean, you, my recollection is you did roll it, right? Yeah, we it rolled about 100, probably about 130 miles an hour. The car at one point was probably 10, 12 feet in the air um, during its roll. It came across both lanes and uh, and hit the Jersey barrier and um, the walls at that track were not squared off walls. So when the car hit it, it uh, it flung it in the air pretty good. Ooh. And uh, so after, I mean, the body itself. I mean, it was an original steel body car. So mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, the the fire certainly wasn't good for it. But was the body destroyed from the fire or was it destroyed from the roll or was it a combination of both if it wasn't for the fire i would have had that car out um two weeks after that and uh that's no joke um i would have had that car front halved and we would have been out back racing but unfortunately um the fire was so intense and so hot um it was bad like it was it was bad the fire and uh unfortunately it was all 4130 chromoly um roll cage in it and uh i mean it was hot. My parachute handle, aluminum parachute handle, literally uh, melted right off of the uh, thing. My rear shocks, I had a hammer and chisel my rear shocks out of my uh, pinion, my uh, rear 
my rear yoke to be, be able to get the drive shaft and transmission out of the car. And, uh, yeah, the only thing left of my rear shocks was the, uh, on the shock mounts was the, the steel ball bearings. The whole shocks, um, completely melted off. So yeah, it was, a uh, it was a very hot, very intense fire. Um, basically almost all the aluminum in the back half of the car was just, just gone. There's nothing left of it. And was it, uh, was it just the, the race fuel, I'm assuming, that was fueling the fire? I mean, is that basically what it was? Yeah, we had, uh, we ran methanol in the, in the front tank. We were racing on methanol in the front. And then, uh, we also were getting ready to do a short film for, uh, uh, just like a, for fun. Yeah. Kind of, kind of a, a very, uh, a very prominent YouTube channel. Um, we were going to do a, a short film with them on the following day. So I had 10 gallons of gasoline on it also because we could swap fuels, um, with the Holly EFI system. I had a system where I could uh, run it off the front tank for alcohol. And then if we want to drive it on the street, we'd just throw it on gasoline. So I had, uh, I had five or 10 gallons of gasoline on the car. I think five gallons at that time. Um, I knew we were racing, so I didn't want to have a lot of gasoline on it. I think it was only five gallons in the car at that time, just enough to drive around and, uh, we could warm the car up on gasoline cause it was still, uh, fairly cold back home and I could warm the car up on gasoline. Then I swap it over to alcohol. So, uh, you don't have to let it sit there and idle forever on, on alcohol to get the temperature up. Right. Right. Now, I guess the, uh, the good news was that, I mean, I know I had seen the video. There might've been a couple of videos and I think that I, 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 I'm not saying that I saw them all, but I want to say that I saw a couple of videos of the car. I mean, obviously it was, uh, uh, the crash didn't look too terrible. The fire, like you said, uh, from the, the videos that I saw, I mean, there was nothing that was really long that showed it burning for 10 minutes. But the, yeah. the fire, you could definitely see, was pretty intense. Um, it, it's, you know, you know, I realize, uh, you know, unfortunately, the, the 30 may be gone now, uh, but, uh, um, you know, the old adage of, you know, you could rebuild a race car type of thing. So, I mean, uh, your hands obviously sustained some burns to them. I mean, how are they now? Um, they're, uh, I'm not going to lie and say they're perfect. They're definitely, there's definitely some damage to them from the fire. Um, they're pretty ugly for a while. They're, uh, they're pretty bad. I had to peel off, uh, most of the skin off of them and stuff like that. And, uh, the, the remaining skin that was still on them, my right hand got it really bad. Um, especially I think my right hand, I'm right handed. So, um, I don't have a full recollection of exactly what happened. I've seen some videos at periods of time of me uh, getting out of the car but um, I believe when I was trying to get out of the car, um, I got my left hand out of the out of the fire first. And I think my right hand was right in the right in the mix of things. Um, you probably used it to push yourself up out of the door. Out yeah, of the side. yeah, that's what I was thinking, Maddie. Yeah, I had the I had the driver's window open just a short just a short period of uh, short distance. Just a short distance. The my driver's window was cracked open. I usually seal it right up, but it was cracked open probably about uh, three to four inches. Uh, maybe a little bit more than that. And uh, so when the fire happened, um, all the fire was coming right out that window there. And it it, it was, uh, was kind of like a little bit of a furnace coming through there, just coming out. And as soon as I opened up my driver's door, just like the back blast that uh, firefighters get when they open up a door, when uh, when that door sees oxygen, man, it's uh, you get a lot of fire coming past you. But I was fortunate enough, um, I didn't get knocked out or anything because that, that would have been uh, pretty bad. But uh as soon as the fire happened, I was able to flip my visor down and uh, protect my face from getting uh, burnt up too bad. And my eyebrows and my eyebrows and eyelashes got singed, but uh, most of my face and I was able to keep my uh, 
I was able to keep my uh, um, direction or wits about me as, as far as uh, how to get out. And a lot of people think it's kind of crazy, but uh, I make sure, like when Maddie drove the car and stuff like that, um, I made sure she knew how where everything is with her eyes closed and, you know, how to get out of the car. Um, even if your eyes are closed or you get spun around backwards or whatever, you got to be able to know, uh, you got to be able to keep your orientation um, when you start going uh, faster and faster. And it's just, it becomes very important to be aware of your surroundings. And it's, it's not something you want to necessarily plan for, but you want to always have in the back of your mind, I guess, if anything does happen, how you're going to get out and, you know, you don't want to be thinking about that the, when an incident actually happens. You want to have already thought about that in your head a little bit and gone through the motions of what you're going to do to get yourself out of a situation if it were to ever happen. This new car we're doing, uh, I'm building an escape hatch. Um, this one also has a small opening in the top right above the driver. So I'll have uh, the driver's door, passenger door um, to be able to get out of. But I'm also doing a escape hatch out the top. The 30 did not have that. A lot of people thought I climbed out of the roof, but uh, we had that optic armor um, kind of tinted, uh, tinted roof on the top, so you could see. Uh, we like that. It was a pretty cool, like sun visor type de- or uh, sun roof type deal. Mm-hmm. But this car, we're gonna doing something similar. But I'm making it an escape hatch with a quarter turn release. So um, if like the driver's door does get jammed up again, I'm um, having a funny car cage. You really can't get out the passenger side. So uh, I want to be able to get out the roof if I need to, or if Maddie's driving or whatever. Right, right. Well, I mean, overall, I mean, it's certainly uh, very lucky. I mean, that really you were able to escape that uh, with just, I, I don't want to downplay and say minor injuries, but uh, yeah, considering the size of the fire overall, uh, yeah, I mean, I think, think you were pretty lucky overall. And, and quite frankly, I mean, uh, it's not holding you back too much because uh, though you might have had to take a little bit of time off after the, uh, after the wreck, I mean, uh, you have been building, you know, kind of going gangbusters on the 33. So certainly uh, wasn't able to, you know, crush your spirit for sure. And, uh, you know, overall, you definitely have uh, you know, clearly enough use of your hands to be able to continue to build the 33 going forward. And I have to say that, you know, you probably know, I mean, everybody obviously knows their, their own body better than anybody. But, you know, I can't say that, uh, you know, I haven't been able to notice anything in uh, in watching the videos that I've watched online uh, on uh, the YouTube channel to, to say that you know you were hindered at all by uh, uh, by the damage to your hand. So I think overall it was uh, it probably worked out about as good as it probably could have. Yeah, for the most part, we got pretty lucky there um, for uh, you know taking away the financial the financial hit and um, hit like that. But um, as far as uh, what it could have been. Um, yeah, we got really, really, really lucky. Um, I could have been, uh, I mean, there's about uh, only one way we could have gotten out of that with uh, the way we did. And fortunately enough, we got away with uh, the as least damage as possible, I guess you could say. And right. uh, I mean, don't get me wrong, we can't, there wasn't much salvageable off the 30, but uh, uh, I mean, I walked away and it took about two months to get my hands back into uh, working somewhat working condition and i felt like a little girl going in the shop for the first time all new skin and stuff like that every little every time you're cutting or something like that and a little bit of a uh, metal gets in your hand i was like damn this hurts like i don't remember this meal since i was like two years old you know it's kind of like but yeah they're uh they were really 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 tender for the first um several months of uh working on the car and uh now we're uh we're probably about four months into the build now um probably two 
two to three months of solid work on it. And we're just about to a roller. Um, we both work, you know, full-time jobs on top of uh, working in the garage. So we're averaging about 100 hours a week each, a little over 100 hours of work each. But uh, we're probably uh, we're probably about a week away from having this car do a roller. So we're excited about that. So uh, tell me a little bit about it. Jason? What was that, Chris? Well, I was gonna, I was gonna ask about the uh, the tour of Arkansas and and how much fun it was was to meet the locals. Didn't you go to Arkansas to pick up, a, tried to pick up a couple of those twins, and you got down there and they had been sold. We we actually did not make it all the way down there. Oh, okay. Um, we we just had the bus hooked up to the trailer and we were getting ready to we were getting ready to head out, and uh, he sent us a text message saying he got a down payment. And I was like, what are you talking about? I said, I had a guy an hour away that said, you know, he had, uh, he said he had $500 and he'd drop it off to you as a down payment and we'll be down there in the morning. And uh, the guy was, uh, oh, I'll go, I'm going fishing all weekend anyways. Um, I'll call you Monday morning or Sunday night. And I was like, well, it's a 22 hour ride, 22 hour ride for us, but, uh, you know, we'll be there and, you know, you give us that call, we'll be there in 22 hours. I don't care if you call us at two o'clock in the morning, sure. we're on our way. And, uh, yeah, he called us. About I don't know what three hours after that phone call, and uh, told us yeah. he took a down payment on it. He was very adamant about they weren't going to get sold and yeah, don't worry about it. There's no rush. There's no pressure on this or anything like that. I was like I said I have a guy. Um, they were just outside of Fort Smith, Arkansas, and I had a good friend uh, that lives out there, and uh, he's like, oh, he's like my shop. Uh, he was a truck driver. He's like, my home base is a half hour away from there. He's like, I'll go drop off the money. And so I was setting up the deal to go drop off the money. And the guy's like, oh, don't worry about it. Oh, I'm not going to be home anyways. I'm going on my fishing trip. And uh turns out that was a big lie. So I was pretty upset with that. Uh, he wasn't much of a Southerner in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> well, I turned around and opened the door for you to go uh, all the way out to the Dakotas and, and grab this Dodge. How did you come across this? Because this this wasn't exactly the same situation as, as as with the Plymouth as we alluded to earlier. This thing's more just a more just a shell. You're not exactly cutting anything up that was going to be on its way to Barrett Jackson anytime soon. Yeah, yeah, this thing was definitely not on its way to Barrett Jackson or nothing like that. Um, we were at uh, we were actually at our friend's place in uh, Ohio, and uh, we got a Facebook message, and uh, we get lots. Of, I mean, we put out a thing. You know, we're looking for a new car, and uh, you know what kind of what kind of projects have you come across? And a friend from uh, Drag Week sent us a message, and he's like, "Hey, a friend of a friend knows of this car for sale, but he's uh, this is what he does for uh, a part time living is he finds old cars and uh, you know he takes a ten percent commission on them and uh, so on and so forth." And he sent me a couple pictures. I was like, "Well, you know what? Screw it. This thing's kind of cool. I'll, I'll pay the ten percent commission on this, and it's it's old. It's super rare." And, uh, I mean, it's super rare, but the thing was like, it was rough. Like, it's rough. But, uh, I was like, I'll pay the 10% commission on it. So I got a hold of the guy, and we started talking to the person that found it. And, uh, he led us to the get the owner. And, uh, he was just like, hey, I'll waive my commission fee. He's like, you guys seem like a really cool young couple. You know, I appreciate what you're doing, so on and so forth. He's like, keep me up with the build and, uh, let me know if you get it. So, uh, we headed out there and, it was right at the height of uh, some crazy stuff going on. So it took a – there was all the riots going on out there in uh, Wisconsin. So we drove right through the riots, and it was, it, was, it was a wild ride. 
we haven't talked about that, but yeah, we bought a whole bunch of uh, cans of uh, bug spray and stuff like that, or wasp wasp spray spray and stuff like that. And I was like, hey, we loaded out the bus, and it was me, my girl, me, Maddie, and my brother, and we headed out there, and we had like six or eight cans of uh, wasp spray and a whole bunch of brake cleaning. It's like, well, if we get stuck in a pro, we're finding a way out of here, and I'll, you know, we're getting out of here. But yeah, it was uh, was crazy. There was cars burning on the side of the road, and it was a it was a wild not it was wild going to, going to pick that car up, but not a place to run out of fuel, I guess, huh? Sorry, sorry, Chris. Doesn't seem like it's the place to run out of fuel. Jason, you were saying? Well, I was curious. Uh, so, Nick, do you know where the broker found this car? I don't exactly know how the broker found the car. Um, I don't know. Local to the area because there's um, he lived the area like just has an unbelievable. Oh, you know what it was? That's what it was. The owner of the car, um, there's a Facebook page or something like that, and the guy ended up posting a picture in some forum of the car that he had. Okay, and the broker ended up he must have logged it or something like that, and uh. He sent this that picture to a buddy of mine, and uh, the guy that I know from Drag Week and stuff like that, and was like, "Hey, I know of this car," and then uh, I guess he went back through and did his uh, brokerage type thing and got a contact on him. And was like, "Hey, you want to sell this thing?" And uh, I told the guy what I was doing with the car, and he he was cool about it. He's a he's a hot rodder. He owns a the guy that owned the car was uh, he owns some type of paint business or something like that. And um, automotive paint business, and he had a lot of hot rods, and the guy was really cool. Um, awesome time there. We spent two or three days camping at his place and made a little bit of a vacation out of it. And uh, it was a, he gave us a shop tour. We went over to um, meet the guy that does a lot of woodwork on the old uh, woody wagons and stuff like that. Nice. He hand uh, he hand makes all his uh, all the wood beams and all that for all the you know the old uh, woody wagons that were uh, when there was a metal shortage, whatever year that was. What was it? 40s 30s i don't know the whatever woodies, it was these were around for a little while um i remember they, they there was actually a place in waterloo right here downtown uh in the next town hour over where i live it's a chinese restaurant now it was a bowling alley after after it was the the woody place but they used to make um wood bodies for automobiles right in downtown waterloo and when they have the the car show every year on memorial day there's a bunch of original Waterloo body woodies that come back to town and and they set them up in front of it's first dragon now but it used to be it was where they originally built that's cool that that's really cool yeah there's a yeah and I would have to guess Nick to answer your question I would have to guess that it was probably yeah in in the 40s World War II time right Mm -hmm. when they were basically using every piece of metal that they could to make uh armor or armored equipment or ammunition. So I would have to guess that that's probably when that started and, uh, you know, probably finished, I'm guessing, you know, I would guess probably in the early 50s. But uh, so that would be my guess. Yeah, I think I think it was like mid-40s to early 50s. And uh, this guy right here, he actually had, at the time, uh, he had a car in the shop for uh, a customer over in the Waterloo area. And uh, we're sixteen miles, sixteen hundred miles away from you know Western New York, so that was like I don't know sixteen, seventeen hundred miles away. And uh, he had a car there from uh, New York, and he was telling us about you know all the work he's done. And this guy works in uh, in North Dakota. It's cold like in the winter time, 
And this guy works out there. His shop isn't even heated. He's an old timer. He was a he was a finance guy, and he just did the uh, woodwork as a as a hobby. And he works out in this shop in the cold. He says, you know, it's usually you know ten to I usually get up to ten to twenty degrees Fahrenheit in the shop out here, and I do my woodwork in the middle of winter. It's like, damn, that's cold. Like, you know, I don't work in the cold no more. Like, I can't stand it. You know. And here's this guy, you know, hand hewing, you know, wood uh, wood beams and stuff like that, and you know, um, building, you know. Doing the complete, all the woodwork, like complete, complete cars, yeah. building complete cars, you know, in twenty degree weather in the middle of winter, it's like holy crap, this is crazy. And uh, you know, his shop had you know doors open and stuff like that, that are open, you know, all year round. It's like I couldn't imagine working like that, but the work he put out was unbelievable. Just very talented guy. That was a really cool experience out there. Now my recollection, um, so just so everybody knows that watch him here, so. Uh, Bonnie and Clyde's Hustlin' Horsepower is the channel on YouTube. Uh, I know I know you have a Facebook page as well, right? Uh, is the Facebook page, Bonnie, is, is it the same as Bonnie and Clyde's Hustlin' Horsepower? Yeah, Bonnie and Clyde's Hustlin' Horsepower. The, um, the channel, um, everything is quote-unquote Hustlin' Horsepower, but it's uh, Bonnie and Clyde's Hustlin' Horsepower. It's kind of like a... Kind of similar to like Stacy David's Gears, if anyone watched like Spike TV back in the day and stuff like that. Yep. But it's... Uh, <laughs> The, the whole thing that we're doing is uh, hustling horsepower, and you know that's going to include um, when we sell the house here in springtime. Um, it's going to include you know our uh, six month uh, I don't know whatever you want to call it um, adventure. adventure. We're uh, we're more than likely moving out of New York State, so we're gonna be uh, we're gonna be traveling the country a little bit, figuring out where we want to uh, where we want to make a life. So we're gonna take uh, six months off, and we're gonna be uh, um, working. Maggie's going to be working online um, remotely, of course, as we're traveling, and I'll be doing some uh, jobs along on the road and stuff like that. So uh, we're going to spend a little bit of time on the road traveling and uh, doing some racing, doing some shows and stuff like that, and figuring out where uh, where we want to lay our head down for uh, for our next uh, next set of adventures. All right. Well, there's there's a whole bunch of topics here <laughs> that I want to touch on. Uh, so first thing is I think on the YouTube channel, on, on Bonnie and Clyde Tussling Horsepower, you do have a video, I think, of when you pull the 33 out of the barn, right? That is correct. Okay, so I want to make sure that everybody knew that. that I mean, you were talking about camping, and I kind of remember vaguely watching the video of you guys camping out there and stuff like that. So you definitely have to go, I have to say, you know, I know you can't really see who watches your videos on YouTube, but I am uh, an avid watcher, viewer. Um, I've seen all the videos up until the last one. I haven't watched the, the last one that you just posted uh, within the last few days yet, but I've watched all the other ones, and uh, uh, I find them to be very entertaining, and, and I really like to uh, kind of see, you know, it's the whole journey, right? It's not just, hey, let's go see some, some pictures of the final or some video of the final car, but... It's the whole journey of you know finding the thing and taking the trips and uh, your dog and um, I like that I find the entire thing extremely uh, extremely interesting. So you know, for those people that are watching here, if you haven't, you know, go to Bonnie and Clyde Hustle Park Power on YouTube or, or find it on Facebook and you, you can see kind of the journey there. Um, now, as far as I, I guess the moving aspect of it, um, you do mention in on on your channel that you guys were kind of prepping the house, and you'll see pictures of of Nick and Maddie painting the house uh, um, to kind of get ready for sale. So, yeah, I mean, 
Maddie, I mean, are you going to be working for the same company? And it sounds like you're going to be potentially working for the same company, but working online at this point. Yeah, uh, a lot of what I'm doing right now is I'll be able to continue with that. So it won't be uh, too much of a change, I guess you could say. And uh, we'll definitely be picking up a lot of the work that we do for ourselves. That'll be growing, hopefully. Um, that's the ultimate goal here. But I don't know. While we're living on the road, we'll we'll stay pretty busy. But hopefully we'll, uh, we'll be able to enjoy, you know, the traveling and stuff like that. And getting to figure out what we want to do and be able to grow who we are. Yeah. We're, uh, we're going to be helping out, uh, other racers that don't necessarily have the experience and stuff like that, that, uh, want to get into the sport. So we'll be stopping at, uh, some small shops and stuff like that along the way, whether it's, uh, you know, you're right in your garage or whatever. And we're going to be stopping by and helping out, uh, other people, you know, work on their cars to a you know, certain point and stuff like that. And then that's going to be all part of the whole hustling horsepower journey is, uh, you know, stopping out, you know, people that send us, uh, messages on facebook and stuff like that if they need to help or if it's a new racer like uh i don't know just a couple of weeks ago we went out to the track with a guy that uh was never uh never drag race before and uh we got him he went a 610 at uh i don't know like 115 miles an hour or something like that it was one of his first passes uh drag racing and stuff like that and we helped him out with uh his holly fi you know the tune-up and stuff like that and you know get him helping him get him situated and racing and stuff like that and he was a circle track racer for a long time, but he never, uh, he never drag raced. So we're going to be going out and doing stuff like that and, you know, help people, help him, uh, you know, getting people, uh, acclimated with the sport of drag racing and stuff like that and helping out some young kids and people that, uh, want to get into the sport, but don't necessarily have the knowledge or the, uh, the know-how to, uh, go about it. So that's going to be a big part of the journey too. And all that it's, it's I'm over here chuckling. Young kids, what are they, like kindergartners? For God's sake, you two are young kids to me. Uh. <laughs> we're, only, we're only in our 20s, but uh, we don't have any kids right now. So uh, we're going to use the next year, year or six months or whatever, and uh, we're going we're gonna to make a, we're gonna try to make our mark on the motorsports, uh, the motorsports industry. If we could go out and you know, help, uh, help out a bunch of people and – we're looking to purchase a junior dragster here shortly, and we're going to loan that out to uh, loan that out to a um, less fortunate family. I know when I was younger, I never was never able to uh, get into a junior dragster. Uh, uh, we just we just didn't have that uh, ability to you know to jump in one. So uh, I didn't jump into a drag racing really. Um, I was around it my whole life, of course, but I never got to race it myself until uh, I was able to you know got my license and was able to get in a full size car. So. I think it'd be really cool to help out a less fortunate family and uh, loan out a junior dragster for a season at a time to uh, different kids that uh, you know are really uh, ambitious about the sport or really have a drive for the sport and you know are doing good in school and you know someone that we uh, someone that we really uh, I don't know, get attached to that uh, we can loan them out the junior dragster and just have their family cover you know the fuel costs as little as that is and entrance fee cost and you know. Give them the junior dragster, outfit them in a fire suit, and uh, you know, let them go out there and feel the rush of, you know, strapping in and racing and uh, all the camaraderie and the lessons learned throughout the the sport of racing. So that's uh, that's super cool. That's the first I've heard of this. Uh, that you know, you guys had planned this. Uh, how did that idea come about? Um, we announced it. We just announced it yesterday or so, two days ago, on our Facebook page. And uh, we've been, me and Maddie have been working about this for the last year or so. And uh, we just about had everything together to be able to uh, purchase a junior dragster. 
um, when we lost a 30 and then of course, uh, that was, that was a, that was a setback in every aspect of life right there. So, uh, but we're, uh, I mean, we work our butts off and, you know, we got a couple people that want to help be a part of it. We have a lead on a junior dragster right now, um, for a good price and we're not looking for a super fast car or nothing like that. We're just trying to get, uh, get a car kid out there, you know, eight to, you know, between eight and 12 years old or whatever. And, uh, get them in the seat and let them experience, uh, the sport of racing. And, you know, if they really like it, um, maybe their family will be able to, uh, afford a junior racer, you know, test it out for a little while and, you know, get to, get to experience everything that we've experienced throughout our racing and journey and meeting the people we have. And, um, some of our best friends live halfway across the country and that's, uh, that's all because of racing. So. Well, that's uh, that's super cool. Now, uh, you know, question about the let's call it, you know, packing everything into the, which I love the name, packing everything into the school bus and uh, traveling the country. Um, you know, how did uh, how did that idea come about? And uh, I guess there had to be one of you that was, I guess, let's call it, uh, playing devil's advocate and saying, "Are we really sure we want to do this?" Or was this an idea that one of you had and the other one was like, "Yeah, absolutely, let's do this, let's go." I definitely was questioning things <laughs> when, I mean, even not only living in the bus, but when Nick wanted to purchase the bus, he was like, I, it started off that I was getting sick of sleeping in the back seat or on the middle console of the truck. Um, yeah, there, I couldn't I tell you like, how many times we slept in the back seat of the truck. I mean, um, I think the only time we traveled and we slept in a hotel, um, in the I mean, we've been together four years now, and I think the only time we actually slept in a hotel was uh, when we went down to Memphis, and that's because we were down there for multiple days, and uh, you know, we uh, we drove I don't know something like sixteen hours to yeah. get down there or something like that, and uh, I was up for like two days before that, and there's uh, and it was just more than just me and Maddie. There was four of us, so we all split a room. Me, Maddie, my cousin, and my good buddy Ryan, that you know helped out a lot on the car. Um, especially in the early stages, uh, you know, he's got a full-time job and he works, uh, he's got his shop on the sides too. So, uh, uh, there was four of us. Otherwise we probably would have been sleeping in the truck there too. But yeah, we were looking for something that, uh, could haul the trailer and, uh, you know, something that we didn't have to sleep on in the back seat of the pickup truck. Anymore. Yeah. Nick found the school bus and he was, it was in what, North Carolina or South? South Carolina. It was in South Carolina, and he sent it to me. I was living in Pittsburgh at the time for work. And uh, he's like, I think we should buy this. And I was like, are you crazy? Like, what What are we going to do with a school bus? Like, it just, it threw me off at first because I did not expect him to, that was the last thing I ever expect him to send me. So, but it works out. We, uh, when we first got it, the week we got it, we gutted out all of the seats except for one of them so that I would have somewhere to sit. And, uh, we drove to Kansas city to go racing Yeah, all within five days of picking it up. We drove down to, uh, North Carolina, picked it up, brought it home and, uh, stripped all the seats out of it. And I think three we days after hooked being up, hooked up to like the receiver for the trailer and everything, yeah, I fabbed up a receiver for the uh, trailer hitch and everything like that. Um, did some wiring on it, but it's a, it's a C5500 Kodiak chassis and, uh, it's got a Duramax, uh, Chevy Duramax in it and a six-speed Allison transmission. So it's a, I mean, it, it, it tows pretty good. We tow 80, 80, 85 miles an hour in that thing with the 36-foot trailer. So uh, she does just fine. And uh, we put, last year, we put thirty over 30,000 miles uh, traveling in that thing. And uh, 
we're working on uh, we're working on converting that over to a motorhome now. Um, I just couldn't justify buying a motorhome. I mean, we got the bus for um, I don't. Really a quarter a quarter of the cost of what a motorhome right. would be if not less you know what I mean? and uh it's got a it's got a lot better towing capacity than your average motorhome so um it's been it's been an awesome awesome uh awesome vehicle for us i'll say you're uh you're not the first at least in western new york there was i'm trying to remember and uh you know uh, it's unfortunate that i can't remember who was uh well you know they I want to say Dave Tomasino. I think Dave Tomasino um, towed his car to the track uh, in the school bus, and that was, you know, that was load the car into the back of the bus, uh, you know, not have a separate trailer. And uh, Claude Lozier, he's the one that I can specifically remember out of Canada. He had a super gas uh, Chrysler Laser. Uh, the Chrysler Laser? Yeah, it was a Chrysler, right? Uh, yeah, it was the Dodge. Depends on when. I, I forget what the Dodge was, uh, but I'm pretty sure it was the Chrysler Laser. But anyways, uh, Claude's cars were bright, bright neon green, and uh, his bus was neon green as well. And uh, so yeah, there were some couple of people, but I'm pretty sure, like I said, I think it was Dave Tomasino was the the one that I remember the first that uh, did the school bus thing. And you know, when you bought the school bus, honestly, I'm like, hey, man, that's definitely an inexpensive tow vehicle for sure and i guarantee that that thing's got more than enough power and uh life left in it to be able to do what you want to do so uh, that's super cool uh um and like i said i mean the the whole uh play on words with the school bus thing that's just uh that's just icing on the cake in my mind and i i have to say it's like you know you could paint it if you want to but uh then you, you get away from the school bus so i i wouldn't paint it i think you need to leave the school bus yellow yeah, we're definitely leaving it yellow. I mean, uh, the whole one of the biggest reasons for the bus was uh, I was able to sell my truck and put five thousand dollars in my pocket, so we had some money to go racing. So <laughs> we sold the truck and bought the bus, and we had some uh, we had some money to go racing. So uh, it worked out, and it's been a it's been an awesome deal. We thought about um, converting it so we can put the car right into a bus. We looked at a couple full size buses, but uh, we've been thinking about you know living on the road for a period of time. And uh, we just wanted to have the extra real estate for uh, the extra real estate for our living space. So um, it just makes a little more sense that we can haul um, a trailer to, you know, carry the merchandise and stuff like that. Um, just packing it all into one unit would just would be very tight. And for some of the some of the areas where we race and stuff like that, um, we just don't have the pit spots to be able to pull a car out of you know out of the out of a full-size bus and have that you know um a full-size bus and a full like a big trailer you could it's hard to maneuver i guess in some of the areas that we go and it's hard to fuel cost also um when you have a full-size bus if you're carrying a trailer with a full-size bus you have to stop at uh you know all like uh truck stops and truck stops are averaging 20 cents a gallon more than uh the other spots so we we fished that bus in our thirty six foot trailer into some pretty tight spots to save ourselves twenty cents a gallon on gas. I'll tell you that much. But uh, what's that extra fuel tank on? We uh we actually carry. I hooked up an auxiliary fuel cell on that. Okay. Um, we have uh we carry about one hundred and thirty six gallons of gas, and we average wow. about we average uh, about nine miles to the gallon. So. 
That ain't bad. I mean, that's that's pretty darn good, honestly. And uh, yeah, I mean, to have that much fuel on board, to be able to go down the road and say, hey, you know, we can go at least a thousand miles and uh, not have to uh, not have to stop for fuel. That's pretty nice. Uh, um, so at this point, is the house for sale? It's not for sale just yet. I mean, um, I want to get a little bit more work done on the car before we put it up for sale. So, uh, I mean, there's a we have uh, quite a we have quite the uh, connection of people and stuff like that, good friends and stuff like that. They have offered their shops, but uh, I want to get the car as close as possible. I don't mind wiring the car even in the even in our enclosed trailer. You know, what I mean, I don't mind. I mean, it's not that big of a deal to me. I've worked in uh, most of the time up until recently. I was working in the driveway building my stuff. You know, what I mean? so uh, working in a trailer is kind of a that's not that bad. <laughs> so. Uh, I'm I'm not afraid to wire the car and do a lot of that small stuff um, right in the enclosed trailer, but um, I got a little more fabrication that I have to do, and uh, just having the shop, um, we got a 26 by 36 garage at the garage or at the house, and uh, it's just a little bit more convenient, and I could be a lot more efficient doing some of the fabrication work. So um, I think we're at a point where we could be about. Um, just over a month away from putting the house up on the market and uh, we'll see how that goes and if it sells um, I'll probably just put the car at a friend's place um, a couple friends have offered, offered their shops um, so maybe just finish it off there until we're at the point where the car is running and driving and then uh, then we're hitting the road I say do you have a first stop in mind um not directly um, there's a good chance um, a decent possibility that the car will be at SEMA in 2021. So uh, that might be not necessarily our end stop, but that would definitely be a stop along the way. Um, if that's a fact, I'd like to run uh, Streetcar Super Nationals in Las Vegas. I'd like to cruise the Las Vegas Strip and stuff like that and, uh, you know, do a little bit of visiting, uh, you know, a little bit of touristic stuff too uh, along that path. But we definitely want to do some stuff down in Texas. We want to hit up uh, Florida. Um, of course, we want to head out, uh, head out to Oklahoma. Um, depending on how things work, you know, if we end up on uh, doing another Street Outlaws gig, um, I'm not too. I mean, it's TV. Don't get me wrong, but uh, it's racing at the same time, so uh, it's that's not out of the complete question either. We might, we might take up that offer too. Um, it's uh, it'd be cool to you know just for when we have kids and grandkids, just to say you know. Just a just as a time sake, you know what I mean? Just you know, they could go back and on the DVR and watch uh, mom and dad or grandma and grandpa up on the up on the TV. You know what I mean? So that'd be a that'd be a cool little uh, thing to put in just to have just to have done. Now, Maddie, uh, I mean, you're what? I don't even know. So, what is your official profession? I guess I went to school for accounting and finance, so oh. I do a lot of that kind of work, and then. Uh... I mean, it's kind of, it works well because Nick and I have different um, strengths, I guess. And so that's one of the things that I try to focus on when when we're doing some of our YouTube stuff and uh, sales of race equipment and stuff like that is looking at some of the data and trying to figure out. Uh, when, I was, was yeah. going to say, I'm pretty sure you're like a racer's worst nightmare as far as his house goes. An accountant? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, put it this way. 
this is uh when we first met um i told her right off the bat i said you're in for a rude awakening because it was at the time uh I, I took a year off of racing i said you're in for a really rude awakening when race season comes around because like this is where i eat sleep live like this is my life and uh i said i'll be straight up with everything about it you know i'll be you know I'm not going to hide the amount of money that this stuff takes. I'm not going to hide the amount of work this stuff takes because, like, I ain't going to lie and say, you know, I'll be in the house and, like, you know, uh, in the house on time for dinner every night because, you know, that just doesn't happen, you know what I mean? And uh, it takes a lot of work, but we've been able to do a lot of cool things together, and uh, it's uh, it's been one hell of a journey, and that's what the whole hustling horsepower um, thing is about. It's, uh, you know, we call it, the slogan is, it's all about the ride, you know, it's all about the journey. Um, the adventure of it all. You know, what I mean, like, in my opinion, we're not guaranteed a long time, so we got to make it a good time. And, um, you know, I'm a firm believer, a firm believer that you know someone at 30 years old could live more life than someone at 60 years old, and it's just a, uh, it just depends how much how you live it. So, I say I love the fact that uh, you guys are yeah packing stuff up and gonna go travel the country. Uh, it's it's something that a lot of uh, people never do because they never have, you know, I'll basically just say the, the guts to be able to do it. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of people that would love to do it, but uh, just don't feel like, oh, my God, I how, how would I possibly do this? So, I mean, the fact that you're doing it is, is super cool. And, um, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, as you get older, you, you realize that, uh, you know, not that money isn't important. I mean, yes, money is, is certainly nice to have, but at the end of the day, uh, uh, you know, you can always, let, let's say you go bankrupt, right? I mean, you had no money. It's like, okay, well, over. At, at that point, you pull over and go get yourself a job. And, uh, you know, so, yeah, go enjoy yourself. You're, you're not going to look back on this experience, and uh, in my mind, and, and really regret it, I don't believe. I think you're going to look back. 10, 15, 20 years from now and be like, that was great. I'm really, really happy that we did that. Um, you know, from a journey standpoint, I mean, one thing that we uh, we didn't touch upon, uh, you know, so it really, this was really kind of funny and coincidental, actually. Uh, so Chris actually got me, I don't know, probably eight, ten months ago. So, hey, you should download this game, uh, called the Door Slammers 2. And I'm like, okay, fine. So I download it. I'm like, okay, this is kind of cool. It was a drag racing game. And I have to say, I haven't played it a lot. So a few weeks ago, whenever I update my apps on my phone, I always go through and read the release notes. And uh, I'm reading the release notes, and it says, added the Dirty 30. And I'm like, dang, I can't believe it. They totally scammed Nick. They, like, you know, completely just stole that name from Nick, right? I'm like, I gotta see what this stupid dirty thirty thing is in, in this game. And uh, um, I go and I open it up. And I'm like, holy crap! It, it's the dirty thirty. It's your car. Um, how did that come about? That deal. So, uh, you know, we're gonna tell uh, we're gonna tell a little more of the story than you might want to hear, but I'll keep it short. So, uh, <laughs> if that's possible. Uh, if that's possible. So, like. Uh, so this is one. This is a story basically just showing that a, a don't give up type of thing. So uh, here we are. Um, this was September, second week of September of last year, um, something like that. First week of September or second week of September. We're in a race in Southern Ohio, and uh, we had a major parts failure that put me into the guardrail at about 120 miles an hour. Um, it was a parts failure. Uh, 
I'm not going to get into detail, but a part that uh, was purchased um, failed, and it put me right into the wall about 130 miles an hour, and uh, it mangled up the car pretty bad. So uh, I think it was two weeks after that, we were supposed to be at the Halloween Classic at uh, Norwalk, Ohio, um, my favorite track. Um, it's cold. And it was probably about, it was first week of October that they wrecked, right? It might have been the first week of October because the Halloween Classic was like maybe the third week of October. And this is yeah. going back just over a year now. And uh, we were uh, we were supposed to be there to do, we were going to run the Trick Flow Specialties uh, uh, Big Air Contest or whatever, like Longest Wheelie Contest. And then we were going to jump in a couple other classes and uh, just go out there just kind of as a exhibition thing and have some fun. And uh, it ended up being, uh, we told uh, Trick Flow, we run their cylinder heads and stuff on the car. And we told them, hey, we'll come out. And uh, we'll be there. And then the wreck happened like maybe two or three weeks before we were supposed to be there. And uh, we busted butt. And I mean, when I say busted butt, like we busted butt. There was thousands and thousands of dollars worth of damage. And uh, I think I worked something like 10 to 15 overtimes in those three weeks to be able to get the money to be able to make it there. And uh, we made it there for uh, that show. Unfortunately, um, we were a couple uh, couple parts short, so we couldn't race the event. But we put it there at the Trick Flow booth, and uh, we just drove it around the pits a little bit and did some, uh, took a couple kids for rides and stuff like that, and just talked to people, um, kissed babies, and shook some hands and stuff like that. And uh, some people there that uh, were actually uh, creators of the game stopped by, and they're like, "We've seen this car, like you know, you know, on TV, and we've seen it around and stuff like that." And we didn't know who they were at first, and we we're just talking to them, just like you know, just normal people. We talked to just about anyone that comes up to us and wants to talk, and we're talking for. A little while, and he's like, "Hey, have you ever heard of hustling or um, have you door ever heard slammers. have you ever heard of door slammers?" And I was like, "Yeah." And he's like, "How'd you like the game?" I said, "Sir," I said, "Please don't take this wrong way." I said, "I've never played it." I said, um, "This is the life we live, and I we like we work like twenty four seven to be able to do this stuff." And when I say twenty four seven, like this is our life. Like I don't play games, I don't watch TV, like I don't do that stuff. Like that's just that's just not uh, part of what we do. And he explained it a little bit, and uh, next thing you know, he's like, would you want to have your car on the game? And uh, me and Maddie were like, well, this sounds kind of cool, and we, we we were, like, looking into it a little bit. And we're like, yeah, sure. So that was, uh, it was, uh, that was like, 10 months in the making or something like that to get that car out there. But that was just one of those things where, uh, I mean, we absolutely busted butt to be able to make it there. And unfortunately, we weren't able to race, but uh, it was just one of those things where it's kind of like a reminder of why, why to work so hard. You know, it just... Uh, we wouldn't have never made that connection or wouldn't have made that connection at that time if it uh, if it wasn't for uh, all the hours we put in just to be able to make it and uh, you know hold up our end of the deal. We weren't able to race and be part of the event, but we were still there to, uh, you know, be to there and, you know, hold up our... and have yeah. the car there at the booth and stuff like that. So we did our best to hold up our end of the deal. And uh, it was just one of those things that... Uh, I mean, we do that quite often, and sometimes it doesn't pay off. But that was one of the times that it paid off, and uh, it was a really cool deal to be uh, to be accepted and uh, invited into that uh, into that deal. So we're pretty excited about that one. Yeah, it's super cool. And yeah, I mean, I mentioned to Chris earlier today that it's it's cool that the Dirty Thirty essentially uh, you know lives on basically in in the game, right? And uh, like man, how how cool would it be to to have your creation, your car, basically immortalized and something like that? I mean, that's that's super cool. I, I'm curious, just from a technical standpoint, did they just cre- recreate the car digitally themselves, or did you have to 
like help them and give them measurements and things like that, so that they could really re recreate a a, uh, a very real uh, version of the vehicle in a digital format. They did a they did one hell of a job. We had to send them a. They took a bunch of pictures that uh, that weekend, and we had to send them a couple more pictures and stuff like that. But they did basically uh, some type of three uh, D three uh, D like model of it. And uh, it's pretty cool because, like, when you're playing the game, you could actually see, like, we did the, I built the uh, tinted roof on the car. Um, normally it was a canvas roof, but, like, they even made it so that, like, when you're when you're playing the game, you could actually see the driver through the roof. Like, like you could see the roll cage. You, you could, could see the roll you know, cage and everything. The, some of the stickers that we had on the car. Like, there's an incredible amount of detail and work that they put into that. It was it, it, it was really awesome. cool. And uh, to to our knowledge, we're the we're the only uh, real like. Uh, I guess you could say rat rod type thing on the on the game right now, and uh, that's pretty cool. So uh, they uh, it, it is really really neat. Uh, and again, for anybody out there that likes uh, likes video games, uh, yeah, I'm guessing it's available on. I have an iPhone, so but I'm guessing yeah, actually it's got to be available on Android because Chris was the one who yep. told me about it. So uh, it's available on Android and iOS. You go to your either the place the Google Play Store or or the App Store for iOS and download uh, Door Slammers too. It's free to play and uh it's a, it's a neat little game for if you're into drag racing it's a neat little game they've done a good job from a simulation standpoint and i know i'm guessing with the dirty 30 when you get the dirty 30 you actually uh, get like a, a a let's call it a tune-up for it as well right i mean that's kind of the real uh the, i guess the, the trick of the game if you will is to getting the tune-up correct to make the car go as fast as you can so that's that's something that you get along with the car the right tune-up for it right yeah, there's uh you could do it. you could change the tune-ups and stuff like that and uh we get uh I don't know if you want, I don't like calling them fan submissions or something like that, but we get messages and stuff like that of uh how fast people have gone in the car and stuff like that and they're all uh you know, they do their modifications to the car and uh one guy sent in a picture of one uh he actually took out the turbo motor and put in a like a root style blower motor in the thing. And it was it was nasty looking, it was cool. And uh yeah, it was uh there's just a lot of cool stuff with it. And uh yeah, that's uh we we almost didn't put the car in the game because um, uh, we got approached for the final uh, the final renditions and stuff like that um, just a, like a month or so after the accident. And I was just like, do we do it or not? And I was like, you know what? We talked about it a little bit. And it's like, why not? We could let kind of let the car live on, you know, virtually or kind of thing. I said, there's no way. Like, in my opinion, um, there's no rebuilding the thirty. There's just there was just only there was one of those cars. You know, and there's only one of them, and it's just like. I don't want to rebuild this thing and to put it on the street just because it's it's just kind of like an injustice to what the car was. Like the car did a lot of cool stuff, and I don't want it just to be like a mall cruiser or something like that. Like the car was not that's not what it was. It was uh, it was a pretty cool little hot rod, and uh, so yeah, it, it was a it was a it was a great car, and uh, yeah, personally, I think you did the right thing. Uh, uh, like I said, I mean, I think it's a really a really nice testament to the job that you did and how how popular that the car was and how much people loved it. And, uh, yeah, I know, uh, you know, my dad's been gone for, you know, 30 plus years, but, uh, you know, he always loved, uh, you know, people would give him crap about, you know, what he did to the, the Corvette that I have. And, um, his thing was, you know, very similar to yours. It's like, well, what do you want me to do with it? Uh, take it and put it in car shows and stuff like that. He goes, uh, I'm out here having fun with my car. And, uh, so he, he definitely would have loved that car and what you did with it. And, uh, uh, yeah, that's the way I was raised, and like I said, I, I think he did the right thing. And 
Yeah, it was gone, and okay, but uh, hey, let's let it live on uh, in a digital format and let other people uh, have some fun with it. Uh, it was obviously, a, like I said, it, it was a very, very popular and loved car for a reason because it was super cool. And, uh, you should be proud of, you know, the work that you did. And, you know, now we're all looking forward to what's going on with the 33. As uh, part of the project, I had messaged you earlier. I think you might have had it in one of your videos that. Uh, um, you mentioned that you guys were coming out with uh, new shirts that kind of help support the project. And I kind of reached out and said, hey, what do I got to do to get me one of these shirts? And uh, um, are those are the shirts done now at this point? They're, uh, they're not officially, officially done. We're waiting on uh, the design and everything is just about secured for everything. We have, uh, we have the, um, what is it, digital prints or the digital, uh, the digital screen. Uh, it's a screen print. Yeah, but it, like the looks. Oh. We have we, we have the templates, okay, for, we have the templates for all the shirts and stuff like that. But we're uh, finishing up. Um, a, a lot of females wanted a women's tank top, so we're we're trying to add that in before we release the shirt. But we'll be releasing that shirt um, within the next couple of days here on the Facebook page, and then uh, we're gonna do a little uh, YouTube video also um, for the people that follow us on YouTube um, of the shirt design, and we'll, we're gonna have a pre-order that will be open for a couple of weeks. Um, and then uh, that'll be available on our website, yeah, uh, hustlinghorsepower.com. Yeah, so the pre-order will be open now on hustlinghorsepower.com. Within the next couple of days here, um, we'll probably target Monday to be uh, release opening up the pre-order of all those shirts. So, and we're not going to show it, but I will say that uh, I did get a sneak preview, and I have to say it's a super cool looking design. So. Uh, Anybody that's watching, you're definitely going to want to get yourself one of these. So keep uh, uh, keep tabs of uh, Bonnie and Clyde's Hustle and Horsepower on YouTube and, and the Facebook channel and watch that over the next couple of days so that uh, when they get in, you're going to be able to place your order. Because my guess is that these are going to, at least the first batch, is my guess is that they're going to sell out very quickly. Yeah, um, we're going to do, do a pre-order here so that uh, we're going to do it so that uh, anyone that wants to order shirts can order shirts. Um, before we uh, submit the order um, financially, it's just, I mean, if we had to, if we had to come up with all the money for all the shirts up front that uh, we'll sell, and it helps give us a indication on uh, what sizes to order with the pre-order. Mm -hmm. You know, we uh, maybe goes right. into the analytics of uh, the sizes and uh, what percentage of what shirts we need to order. So, uh, you know, we we do everything from kid sizes to to adult smalls to five XL and. Uh, we're able to um, really uh, accurately pinpoint um, the percentages of what shirts we need to have in stock for, uh, you know, so we don't end up with, you know, 20 small shirts left and no 5XLs or something like that. Right, right, right. So right. we go into and we break all that down into uh, into a spreadsheet to know uh, what orders we need to place. Well, people definitely want to keep uh, keep tabs of that. Uh, um so, I mean, we're at uh, 10 after 8, so we're a little bit past our uh, our normal quitting time here. Uh, we really appreciate uh, the two of you coming on. Before we let you go, is uh, you know, is there anything else that, that we didn't cover that you feel like, hey, we got to get this in, or anybody you want to thank, sponsors or family members or friends or anything like that? I mean, we could go on and on and on. But, uh, you know, guys, if you want to follow the Hustling Horsepower uh on YouTube or uh, go on Facebook and watch, uh, follow along. Um, we go through and we, we, uh, we, pr we keep up pretty well with, uh, everyone that, uh, 
follows us and anyone that sends in messages, anyone that has questions or this or that, or whether it's uh, questions pertaining to what we're doing or what you're doing, um, whether it's you want a little bit of info or, um, you know, if you're looking for a couple products that uh, we sell, um, reach out to us. You know, we didn't want to take any out any handouts or nothing like that. So we decided to become dealers for a few companies to try to get us back on the back out there um, in that method by uh, becoming okay. dealers for companies. So, okay. yeah, we're, oh, dealers. Um, we're dealers for, uh, man, we got a, a whole bunch of them. So uh, we're dealers for um, race equipment, safety equipment, um, race suits, helmets, all that stuff. Um, we are dealers for uh, stainless works, exhaust systems, whether it's for like uh, your late model cars to, you know, headers for your dragsters to, you know, header kits, um, optic armor, uh, polycarbonate windows. Um, they're like a Lexan window, a high-end Lexan window. Um, let's see here. Hot shot secrets for uh, oils and lubricants. They do a lot of stuff for uh, advanced oil technology and stuff like that. Um, what else here? Uh, huge performance, um, converters and transmissions. Um, wire care for like wire care products and stuff like that. Um, excess power for batteries and uh, battery accessories. Um, who else? Vickers Performance Transmissions. They're right out of Ohio. Um, I mentioned Hughes. Um, Tin Soldiers race cars for some uh, like chassis parts and stuff like that. Um, we've been selling, uh, uh, you know, race equipment, uh, race, race, uh, race quip has uh, been pretty popular um, for race suits and stuff like that. And uh, we've been selling quite a few converters. Um, people are, uh, people are especially in the type of racing we do with the no prep racing and stuff like that. And uh, heads up racing, um, com- a converter will make or break you. So we've been doing uh, selling dump valves and uh, com- bolt together converters and all that stuff. And uh, people have been eating that stuff up. But uh, yeah. yeah, that's a... So I think we covered a lot tonight. Um, it's good to hear that you guys are, are doing well so far with everything. Uh, we certainly wish you the best as, as you wrap up the the build on the 33 Dodge and get it to a point where it's a roller and, and wish you the best as you, uh, you you spread your wings and, and leave the New York nest and branch out. It was We really appreciate you coming on and, and talking with such honesty about some, some pretty challenging topics, I would think, from in real life talking about the the burns and the accident and, and bringing it home and then then flipping around and going through the the process of rebuilding and 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 ultimately going to be able to turn that around and pay it back to the racing community with the project with the the junior dragster and things like that it's uh it's it's good to have that 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 candor and that um that that candid discussion that we had today we really appreciate you guys having us on um it's a lot of work that we're doing but we definitely you know, have some big plans ahead of us and can't wait to, to see what evolves of it. 
And uh, we really appreciate everyone who's been supporting us and everyone who's been following along on the journey. It means the world to us. So it's a lifestyle to us, and uh, we uh, we do these podcasts. I don't know. I don't know. We probably do at least one or two a month, and uh, it's been uh, it's really a it means a lot to us. You know, it's a lifestyle to us, and we appreciate the people that uh, you know reach out to us. And thank you guys for having us on here. Um, We really look forward to it, and we'll have to get back on here before too long, and you know, talk about the updates and you know where we're going. And well, don't you worry about that. We will we will definitely be reaching out and and having you on again. It's it's always good to catch up with you guys. I love hearing the stories and. And the uh, the enthusiasm for the sport and, and as you call it the lifestyle, it's uh, that's that's not a misstatement in any way. I, I always enjoy listening. Yeah, we really appreciate the uh, really appreciate you coming on and, uh, and definitely look awesome. forward to uh, keeping in touch. And I know for myself, uh, I'll get my uh, my fill by uh, basically uh, you know watching the videos on Bonnie and Clyde's Hustle and Horsepower on on YouTube. Uh, I. I I'm subscribed. I got the bell uh, clip so I get notified, and uh, <laughs> I think that I want to know about uh, when the new videos come out so I can watch them. So I'm uh, you have at least one uh, avid viewer here, so I get a chance to uh, uh, to follow along, and I encourage others to do the same. So we like that we appreciate you guys coming on. We appreciate it. The videos are still a little bit a little bit raw, but they're real. So uh, we're we're working on the editing thing. We're we didn't come from uh we didn't come from that background of uh, editors or nothing like that, but. We're, we're working our way through it. Awesome, guys. Well, we wish you the best. Stay in touch. We look forward to doing it again. That's going to do it for number 84. Rocky start, but it ended up being a good one. We appreciate everybody tuning in and watching along with us. We are all through here at the North Park Building at Academy Square at the FingerLakes1.com headquarters. We'll see everybody again in two weeks. Looking forward to it. We'll see you then. This has been the Final Round Drag Racing Podcast, coming to you live from the FingerLakes1.com studios in downtown Seneca Falls, New York. We'll see you right back here again in two weeks. Thanks for watching.